On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks finally return to action tonight to take on the New Jersey Devils. I'll be going over a full preview of the matchup as well as the Blackhawks' projected lineup and starting goaltender, plus an update from TSN's Elliot Friedman on the Blackhawks' ongoing search for their next general manager. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, February 25th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. It'll only take a quick click of the button. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, both of which will help me out tremendously. And best of all, it's 100% for free. Wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., it's all absolutely for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, good afternoon now, I guess. Probably by the time I drop this episode, it'll be past noon. So technically, good afternoon, everyone, as always. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks, and for also making the show your first listen here to start off your day. And to kick things off here this morning, folks, I wanted to begin by getting into a preview of tonight's matchup between the Chicago Blackhawks and New Jersey Devils. And finally, the Hawks are back in action after having uh, the entire week off they last played on Sunday afternoon against the Florida Panthers, which feels like forever ago. Uh, But tonight they will be back in action, taking on Jack Hughes and the New Jersey Devils for the second time this season. In the first meeting, if you all remember, it was a long time ago. That came back on October 15th. And fair to say, a lot has gone on since that first meeting uh, between these two teams. But just as a reminder, in that first meeting, I believe for the Hawks, it was. third game of the year, maybe even the second. I don't know. It was really early on in the season. Uh, But in that first meeting, the Hawks did rally late by scoring two goals with the extra attacker uh, to come back and tie the game three to three. Um, But unfortunately, Jack Hughes then in OT went on to score a beauty and celebrated by tossing his stick into the crowd, which made a bunch of highlight tapes. Um, So a four to three overtime loss for the Hawks in the first meeting, but that's really not going to be all that important when it's been like four plus months uh, since that occurred. And yeah, as I said, a lot has changed with this team since the early portion of the season. But taking a look at this matchup here tonight um, for New Jersey, it's been another tough go of things this year as well for them. They're 18-28-5 coming into tonight, which is three points behind the Blackhawks currently in the standings, although they do have Uh, one game in hand, but this is undoubtedly a matchup between two bottom feeders in the NHL right now. But we've seen the Hawks make this mistake a couple of times against bottom feeders so far this year. The Hawks cannot afford 
to sleep on this New Jersey Devils team. Just last night, the Devils put off, pulled off a pretty impressive 6-1 to victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are a top 10 team in the NHL right now and one of those teams at the top of a loaded, top-heavy Eastern Conference. So uh, a pretty impressive victory there last night for the Devils. They also defeated the St. Louis Blues, who are currently a playoff team as well, 7-4 to on the road just a few weeks back as well. Um, so the Hawks, they can't sleep on New Jersey here tonight. And one thing they also cannot sleep on is the goal scoring of New Jersey. While they do uh, struggle to keep pucks out of their own net, they're in the bottom third of the NHL in goals allowed per game, although that's mostly due to not really having an NHL caliber goaltender at the moment. Um, but one thing they do very well and sneakily well is they can put goals up on you in bunches in a hurry. Uh, like I said, they put up six last night against Pittsburgh. They also scored three against Tampa Bay a few games back and also potted seven in back-to-back games earlier on in the month against Montreal and St. Louis. So if the Blackhawks think this is going to be an easy game for their defense, they got another thing coming. Uh, New Jersey ranks right in the middle of the pack in goals per game. They're 16th in the NHL, while the Hawks are all the way down to 29th with, I believe, just 2.4 goals per game at the moment. And for New Jersey, while their power play isn't very, is, isn't really clicking or hasn't been clicking for the most part of the season, they're 23rd in the NHL in that department. The Blackhawks' penalty kill has been absolutely um, abysmal ever since Thanksgiving, and they're now 28th in the league on the PK2. So they still need to go out, play a sharp defensive game, and can't take anything for granted. They got to put out their best effort in order to pick up a victory. And we, as I said, we've seen them play down to the level of their competition far too many times throughout the course of the season for us fans liking. Um, but one thing I think will be going in the Blackhawks' favor here tonight. First, New Jersey is going to be on the back half of a back-to-back. And with the Hawks having four days off here in a row, there's no excuse for them to be out-hustled or out-energized and outworked by the Devils here tonight. The Hawks are going to have the fresher legs. They need to take advantage of that right from the opening right from the opening face-off. If they put together a good period, they can build off that going forward and just continue to ride that wave. But I really do it, it all I, I really do believe it all starts with a good first period out of the Blackhawks because if New Jersey right out of the gate is looking fresher than they are, that's definitely going to be concerning. And we've seen the Hawks a handful of times this season play themselves out of games with a poor effort in the first period. So I think that's a really big key for the Blackhawks here tonight. They're going to have the fresher legs and they need to take advantage of that after having four days off while the Devils played just last night and had to travel from New Jersey to Chicago. Also, one thing I wanted to mention for New Jersey, uh, Nico Dawes was the one who got the start last night uh, in net for the Devils. And that's going to set up John Gillies likely to get the go here tonight at the UC. And for Gillies, he has just a 3-8-1 and one record on the season. Not very good, along with a 3.5 goals against average and an 8.93 save percentage. So a save percentage below 900, um, pretty shoddy numbers across the board. And while the Hawks offense has not been very good all year long, they just need to take advantage of that. They need to make life as difficult as possible for Gillies. Don't pass up on any shooting opportunities, any scoring chances to shoot the puck which kind of been an issue over the course of the year as well. The Blackhawks, for whatever reason, love to try and make that extra pass. Um, but yeah, just 
make life as difficult as possible on John Gillies. Shoot the puck as often as possible. Go to the dirty areas. Take away his vision and just just make it tough on him. He's only got two wins in his last. Uh, he's lost two in a row, and he only has two wins in his last eight starts. So, um, and he's also surrendered out of uh, his what is that three eight and one out of twelve games this year. He's only allowed less than three goals on three occasions. So the Hawks need to be aware of that. They got to shoot the puck as frequently as they can and uh, just take advantage of a shaky goaltender that's projected to be in net for the New Jersey Devils tonight. All right, there are some thoughts on the matchup against the Devils later on tonight at the UC. By the way, that's a 7.30 p.m. puck drop and will be on NBC Sports Chicago. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to get into the Hawks' projected lineup and starting goaltender. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. And so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Are you going to go with raspberry or mint brownie? Coconut almond or double chocolate? Cookies and cream? Our peanut butter brownie. These are real protein bar flavors, folks, and they're all less than 200 calories. And Built Bar, because of these flavors, either way that you choose, it's going to make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good. You'll actually want to eat them, unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky, dry, waxy, or even just taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And right now, for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15, one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Moving on into segment two, I also wanted to be sure to get into the Blackhawks' projected lineup and starting goaltender for tonight's game. And interestingly enough, even though earlier on in the week, Coach Derek King said that the plan was for Marc-Andre Fleury to start tonight against the Devils and then for Lankinen to make his return after missing a little bit over a month with a hand injury. He was originally set to make his return on Sunday against the division rival St. Louis Blues, but I guess um, somewhere along the way, King had a change of mind, and now Lankinen is expected to be the one in net for the Blackhawks tonight. And as I said, it's uh, been over a month since we last saw Kevin Lankinen in net. It was the first game of a back-to-back against the Minnesota Wild. He suffered a hand injury in the middle of that game, wound up toughing it out for the remainder of the way, but. Uh, has missed a good portion here and was away from the ice for quite some time. And aside from the injury, it's just been a tough sophomore season overall for Kevin Lankin. And he's only got two wins on the year. His record is 2-5-4, and four, along with a 3.41 goals against average and an 8.89 save percentage in his 11 starts. And honestly, the more I think about this, John Gillies versus Kevin Lankin tonight, I know the Blackhawks offense isn't their bread and butter, but I think he got it. Probably take the over in that one. 
I could see a lot of goals finding the back of, I could see the puck finding the back of the net a lot tonight uh, if this winds up being the goaltender matchup. Um, but I'm really hopeful that, you know, Lankinen can kind of bounce back here now that he's fully healthy and can kind of return to the goaltender that we saw in the first half of last season. Because if you remember correctly, in the COVID shortened 56 game season that we had last year, the Blackhawks actually got off to a pretty roaring start there, surprisingly. And most of that was due to rookie Kevin Lankinen's, then rookie Kevin Lankinen's strong play in net. Now, the second half of the year, he wasn't able to keep on that same pace, but he's still a youngster. He was just getting his first NHL experience. But undoubtedly, I know even he himself would admit it hasn't been the start of it hasn't been the start of the season that he would be hoping for. So uh, this is a big chance for Lankinen to kind of get things going here again. And with Marc Andre Fleury. Although the situation is kind of tough, still seems likely. It's probably more likely that he does get traded than he doesn't at this point. The pieces all have to fit well. But if he does wind up getting moved, that's going to allow Lankanen to get uh, probably the starter's share in net going forward uh, down the stretch for the Chicago Blackhawks. So I'm hoping he can return in a big way tonight. I'll also be there at the UC in attendance. So hopefully Lankanen uh, will be able to steer the Blackhawks to a win and pick up his third victory of the season. As for the rest of the Blackhawks lineup, it was actually uh, an optional morning skate here. So uh, not everyone was on the ice. Um, but as for the forward group, it's it's pretty set in stone what we're going to see because Jonathan Taves isn't expected to be back just yet. Well, he's not going to be back just yet. Uh, and although Tyler Johnson seems to be 100% healthy, Derek King still wants to get his conditioning back up. So he's not going to play tonight and he might not even play on Sunday against the St. Louis Blues. So that leaves the Blackhawks forward group. Um, seems like it's going to be probably what they stuck with at practice for the last handful of days up top. You got Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strome, and Patrick Kane. Seems like Kinger uh, is sick of the inconsistent offense and is just going to load up on that top line. DeBrinkett and Kane, I mean, you know what they can do together. They've been creating all season long, really have carried this Blackhawks offense. Uh, and another big opportunity there for, excuse me, coffee's, coffee's hitting me right now. Uh, another big opportunity there for Dylan Strom. Obviously, he's got good chemistry with DeBrinkett. And since he's been playing with Patrick Kane for the last month or two, he has been uh, a consistent point producer and really has been the Blackhawks' best center. So I like the idea of loading up with DeBrinkett, Strom, and Kane here tonight on the top line. Uh, the second line then will be Brandon Hagel, Lucas Reichel, and Dominic Kubalik. And I think Kubalik in particular, you got to keep giving him these chances, right? One way or the other, whether the Blackhawks are going to be trading him within the next month or whether or not they still want him as part of their future. You got to give him top six opportunities. He's not someone who really can drive play himself down on the third line when, you know, he's playing with like Sam Lafferty or, or Philip Kershev or those type of guys. So I do like the idea of putting him in a scoring role along with Brandon Hagel, who's been the energizer bunny all season long, uh, can make things happen all over the ice. And then for Lucas Reichel, I mean, this is a good opportunity for him too. This will now be his fifth NHL game, still not really sure what the plan is for him the rest of the way. Uh, we're going to get more clarity on that situation probably here in the next couple of weeks as he starts approaching that 10-game threshold. But if he's going to be up at the NHL, you got to give him opportunities to succeed. So I like that Kinger is continuing to give him a top six role 
uh, alongside some more offensive-minded players. The third line looks like it's going to be Philip Kurashev, Kirby Dock, and Henrik Borgstrom. And for Borgstrom in particular, I think uh, these next couple of weeks, he's someone who honestly may be on the trade block but hasn't gotten a lot of talk about it because so far this year it has not gone the way that Borgstrom or the Blackhawks had hoped. I mean, has not been anything close to consistent. And recently, even when he has gotten a chance in the lineup, he's usually been at the bottom of the forwards in terms of ice time, playing like six or seven minutes a game. Um, So this is a big chance here for him to play with Philip Kurashev, who also is kind of in the same boat, I feel like. I don't think uh, the Blackhawks are necessarily shopping him like they may be for Borgstrom, especially when Borgstrom was uh, a Stan Bowman acquisition. I don't think you know, Kyle Davidson or whoever winds up getting the job really feels like they have to give Borgstrom more of an opportunity when they weren't the ones to give him that in the first place. Uh, but this is a big chance for him to kind of change um, change the tides of his season and change uh, the mindset that the front office may have on him right now. He needs to start producing or um, not only his future in Chicago, but his future in the NHL as well. Those hopes may be getting dashed. And then for the fourth line, that's going to be Sam Lafferty, Ryan Carpenter, and Mackenzie Entwistle. And man, my boy top six Sam Lafferty, now he's finding himself in a fourth line role. But honestly, he's a glue guy. Everything we've seen from Sam Lafferty this year tells me he can have success wherever you put him. Maybe not consistent offensive success, but I love his speed and size combination, uh, his willingness to battle along the boards and I think he he's probably the best four checker that the Blackhawks have on this team, right? There's, I think one thing that's really stood out to me, whenever the Blackhawks dump the puck into the offensive zone, when they get stood up at the blue line and have to dump it, they're terrible at retrieving the puck. Sam Lafferty is one of the few guys on this team who has the speed and size combo to get in there and, and win that puck back for his team to control some offensive possession. So wherever Sam Lafferty is in the lineup, I really have no problem with it as long as he's playing. Um, And I'm really excited to see what he's going to provide this team here over the next couple of months because his contract is expiring at the end of the summer. And I'm curious how the Blackhawks are going to feel about him going forward. Now, on defense for the Blackhawks, Jake McCabe looks like he's not going to play tonight due to a lower back injury that he suffered last Sunday against the Florida Panthers. He was forced to exit that game in the second period and did not return. And interestingly enough, as well, Calvin DeHaan, who's taken a couple of maintenance days throughout the week. I believe he took one on Tuesday and then Wednesday he did return to the ice, but yesterday he took another maintenance day and he also wasn't on the ice for the optional morning skate here. And Derek King just spoke with the media about 10 minutes ago while I'm recording this. And he said that Calvin DeHaan is going to be a game time decision here tonight. So because of that, the Blackhawks recalled fan favorite defenseman Jakob Galvis from the Rockford Icehogs of the AHL. And if DeHaan isn't able to go, that means Alec Regula, Jakob Galvis, and Eric Gustafson, all three of those guys will be forced to go on the back end here against the Devils for the Chicago Blackhawks. But if DeHaan is able to go, I'm really curious to see if it's going to be Galvis, Gustafson, or Regula that's sitting. One of those three is going to be the odd man out. Hopefully, Calvin will be able to go because without McCabe and Calvin on the left side, I mean, Pretty dicey uh, for the Blackhawks defense, especially, as I said, against a New Jersey Devils team that can put up some goals on you sneakily. They're a pretty decent offense. Um, 
So that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on, whether or not Calvin DeHaan's going to be able to play. Um, hopefully that will be the case. And if that is the case, I would like to see both Alec Regula and Jakob Galvis in the lineup at this point over Eric Gustafson. And I've seen some tweets saying, you know, the Blackhawks should continue to play Gustafson in order to boost up his trade value. What trade value does he really have? I mean, he, he has been a pretty decent offensive producer, but everyone knows the flaw in his game. He can play him. A playoff team can play him 10 to 12 minutes a night, use him on the second power play unit, and maybe give him some five-on-five shifts. Uh, defense has never been his strong suit. So, what, we can get maybe a fifth if we're lucky? Maybe? Like, I feel like a sixth or a seventh is definitely more in the realm of possibility for Eric Gustafson. So I don't think the Blackhawks really need to be playing him to up his trade value. I don't think there's really all that much there. Uh, so I'll definitely like to see both Regula and Jakob Galvez get in the lineup tonight, assuming that Calvin DeHaan, being the warrior that he is, is going to be able to tough it out and suit up for the Blackhawks on the back end against New Jersey. All right, there are some thoughts on the Blackhawks' projected lineup and starting goaltender for tonight's matchup against the New Jersey Devils. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into the report from TSN's Elliot Friedman that the Hawks' GM job is now down to three candidates. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Football season may be over, but Bet Online has way more odds and info for both pro and college hoops as things are start as things are starting to ramp up. From game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. And it's not just basketball. From the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. All right, welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Uh, Before I finish things up here today, I also needed to get into the report that came out late last night from TSN's Elliot Friedman in his 32 Thoughts column, which stated that the Chicago Blackhawks are now down to just three candidates for their next general manager. And those three candidates are, of course, one of those is Kyle Davidson, who's the current interim at general manager for the Hawks and has been rumored to be the front runner. And according to Ben Pope, just a couple of days ago, he still does believe that may be the case, although the longer this whole thing drags out, the more apparent it's becoming that they could be thinking elsewhere. The other two candidates left for the Blackhawks now, one of them is Matthew Darsh from the Tampa Bay Lightning, which that certainly made me happy. And then the third may surprise some folks, but it's Jeff Greenberg, the assistant general manager of the Chicago Cubs. And maybe more notable, actually, than those three candidates left, is that Eric Tolsky from the Carolina Hurricanes, who seemed to be the fan favorite to get the job and more than qualified, is no longer in contention. And I got to admit, I was pretty disappointed when I saw that. I thought Tolsky had to be one of the finalists. Given his background, 
given everything he's done for the Carolina Hurricanes, um, I, I was pretty pretty shocked to see that Greenberg was a finalist over Eric Tolsky. And when I spoke with Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times a few days ago, um, and Ben, before joining the Blackhawks beat, uh, well, I guess actually <laughs> he's still a fan of the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, but he actually got to talk and, and sit down and meet Eric Tolsky. And he said, you know, he, he's just an absolute genius. Um, he, he went to Harvard. He's a Harvard, Harvard graduate. I was actually just looking at his LinkedIn not that long ago. Yes, Eric Tolsky does have a LinkedIn if you want to go check it out. Um, but not only is he a Harvard graduate, he also went to grad school at UC Berkeley and studied both physics and chemistry. So seems like he's a very intelligent guy. And then, of course, uh, kind of turned that into being one of the analytic gurus across the National Hockey League and has really helped the Carolina Hurricanes become one of the powerhouses in the league for the last handful of seasons. So for Tolski to no longer be in contention and not even be a finalist, uh, I, I know I'm not alone here when I say um, I was pretty disappointed by that decision and kind of left scratching my head there a little bit. but. Also, I wasn't in those meetings. I don't know what mindset Eric Tolsky had coming in. It's just kind of hard to picture a guy with that background, one of the best hockey minds in the game known around the league is that to not even be a finalist, that definitely surprised me a little bit. Um, But going on to the actual candidates who are left in contention, um, one thing I was very happy about, of course, is is that Matthew Darsh is still in the running. and. Earlier in the week, when I gave my rankings of the seven candidates, one through seven, I ranked them. I actually had Matthew Darsh as 1A over Eric Tolsky, who was 1B. I thought they were pretty close and both kind of seemed more than qualified for the job. Um, but the reason that I had Darsh coming in over Tolsky is because of just the experience that he's had, not only helping win the Tampa Bay Lightning win back-to-back Stanley Cubs, of course, that's going to speak for itself, but I also thought it w- it's important for him for how he was surrounded by one of the best general managers in the NHL right now. He had time to see Steve Eiserman at work, got to be around him, learn from him, see how he handles these type of situations, and look at what Eiserman's been able to do with Detroit the last few years. Don't get me wrong. I hate Detroit. Even though they're not in our conference anymore, they'll forever be our rival. But you can't sit here and deny that Steve Eiserman has done a phenomenal job in rebuilding that team. So to me, Matthew Darsh, because of all that experience, seeing one of the best general managers uh, in his craft and then being able to kind of help lead the Lightning to -to back-to-back Stanley Cups, I feel like he has to be the choice, right? in my opinion, at least, I think Matthew Darsh has to be the choice if it winds up not being Kyle Davidson. And even if it does wind up being Kyle Davidson, I'd still be a little disappointed that they weren't going to go elsewhere. And don't get me wrong, I've been a huge Kyle Davidson supporter. He said all the right things. He knows the organization. He's a great communicator. He's made some good small moves in his time here. He was handed an awful situation. And for being relatively young in the game, he's handled it incredibly mature and super professional, said all the right things, done all the right things. And I believe he's a guy who actually wants to change the culture within this Blackhawks organization. But, and there is a but here, 
I just feel like they need to go elsewhere. And even if they do, I know maybe if Davidson doesn't get the job long term, you know, he could be considered by another team across the league. But if he'd be willing to stay, like, think about a combination of Darsh and Davidson. Davidson knows, knows the organization. He's been here for a decade. He knows it top to bottom. He's familiar with the players. And then you can also bring in an outside perspective like Matthew Darsh to try and fix this as well, right? I think that's the ideal scenario. Of course, I don't know how long or even if Davidson would be willing to step into a little bit of a smaller role, but I would just be uh, not disappointed, but it would be a little frustrating to see the Blackhawks, I think, go through this whole process and then just keep Davidson there. Maybe they like Davidson that much, but I think you need a new, a new mindset there. And what has Matthew Darsh done wrong to not get this job, right? I know he's not the head honcho in Tampa calling the shots or anything, but he's been around greatness in multiple different ways, won Stanley Cups, a great hockey and analytics mind. He checks off all the boxes, but then again, uh, so did Eric Tolsky. But as for Jeff Greenberg, um, this one caught me by surprise a little bit. I can't lie to you folks. Uh, I know Greenberg is a more than qualified executive in the world of sports, but you know, he, he doesn't really have a hockey background. Sure. He played on the club team in college hockey and he, he was the captain of his high school team, but that's not, you know, the ideal resume for being a general manager at the NHL level. There isn't really any hockey experience there. And I just think it would be such a hard sell to Blackhawks fans right now. How are you going to have them feeling confident going forward with a, a general manager who, you know, doesn't really have a hockey background whatsoever, essentially? Like, it's just a tough sell. And look, two or three years down the road, if Jen, Jeff Greenberg winds up being the guy, um, who knows, you know, I, I'm not saying that he's undoubtedly going to be a bad hire. No one knows that. I just think it's going to be a hard sell to Hawks fans on this move. And right now with the state of the organization, um, they don't have the trust of the fan base. Let's, let's be honest here. Why should Blackhawks fans be bought into this team right now? Because every time it, it's just been a disaster. And every time it, it seems like people are talking to the media, it's just a huge, massive nightmare right? Rocky's outburst was one of the worst things I've literally ever heard in the world of sports not that long ago. So um, for many different reasons, the organization doesn't have the trust of the fans right now. And I know that shouldn't be important when it comes to a decision like this, but with everything that's gone on in the last year, I do feel like they need to make a move that connects with the fans and kind of relates to what they want. And in my opinion, both Davidson and Darsh make way more sense for the situation than Jeff Greenberg does. And again, I'm not saying that Greenberg won't be a good hire. You know, no one knows that for sure. I, I just, it just feels like a little bit too much of an outside the box type hire, in my opinion, at least, because there's just no hockey experience there. It's tough to feel confident that he's going to be the one to fix this team when he doesn't really know the organization or the game at all. So we'll see what winds up happening, but uh, we do now know for sure that the three final candidates for the next general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks are down to Kyle Davidson, 
Matthew Darsh, and Jeff Greenberg. All right, folks, I think that will wrap up Friday, February 25th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey as hosts Steele Roden and Philip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or to the show, feel free to go and email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, yes, there will be an episode tomorrow. Go Hawks. Go and pick up a big victory at home for me tonight because I'll be in attendance. Got to take advantage of a lowly Devils team. And thank you all again for tuning into Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.